And the coronavirus is a incident that for the first time, one of the first times, very obviously showed the advantages of Asia. The world is experiencing in a large scale for the first time that Asia is actually not that backward anymore. People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. Alright, Niemann how guys and welcome to the next episode of Dragonfolio China. My name is Eric and today I'm going to talk about a super interesting topic which is a bit more economic than some previous ones but it's super interesting and that is something that definitely has a huge impact on your life as well. So stay tuned because first I'm going to touch another topic and that is I want to give a short outlook on my next podcast steps. So as I'm speaking right now, I'm recording episode 18 and um, yeah, I started like uh, three months ago and uh, I have to say I really enjoy doing this podcast. It gives me a lot. First of all, it is a great chance for me to transfer my message, to spread it out. Second, I learn a lot personally from uh, some content that I had to research for my episodes, but also doing this whole stuff is super um, yeah, interesting and <clears throat> it's a new field for me where I can develop a lot personally. And third, also a huge reward for me is the feedback that I received so far for this podcast. A lot of people told me that I really enjoy listening to it and that, yeah, they just told me keep doing what you do. And so that is, of course, additional motivation. Presently, I release about one podcast episode every week. You might have noticed that. In the future, from now on, basically, I plan to change this slightly, so I will probably release my episodes more bi-weekly. The reason is simply that, although I enjoy it very much, and I still have the same motivation like in the very beginning, but it is simply that from the very beginning, I plan to reduce the number of podcast episodes a bit, because I want to focus on some other projects as well. What are these projects? Well, some of them are basically also in the scope of Track and Folio. And since, well, notoriously, a day has only 24 hours, I have to think about how can I allocate my time. Um, some of these projects I will announce a bit later what they exactly are, but um, maybe you already can tell. I'm Right now I'm increasing a bit my presence on social media. And as you also know, behind Track and Folio, or you might know this, maybe not, behind Track and Folio there's also a... Um, let's say investment layer. So I offer a lot of ways for people to benefit from China, not just China, actually also Asia. And I also plan to expand this and I'm about to create a membership platform and more opportunities here. And of course, this all costs time. And apart from that, I of course have some personal projects going on. I'm still studying Mandarin and the coronavirus actually caused some changes for me this year. So I have to adjust to this a bit. And I have some personal trainings and seminars, especially in the field of investment. But also, of course, as I keep studying about China. So I just have to make some adjustments here time-wise. 
And for you, if you want to keep listening, which I really hope, and if you uh, enjoy this podcast, then the best way is uh, subscribe to this podcast on your podcast app and follow me on Instagram because there I will announce each single episode. So you can definitely make sure you don't miss any further episodes by executing these two steps. Also, if you like this content here, I would kindly ask you to recommend my podcast to other people who might be interested in this topic. The world of podcasts is fascinating and huge, but of course, there are a lot of podcasts right now, and most people like me, we don't really advertise anything. We just grow organically, and that is absolutely fine, but of course, it's nice if people recommend your podcast, because if you have good content then it's, of course, uh, something you also believe more people should listen to it. So if each of my listeners could recommend this podcast to just one more person, that would be amazing. And if you can help me here, I would highly appreciate it. And with that, as a return for your support, I'm going to start with this really interesting topic today. And also this topic is sort of derived from some current events with the coronavirus I stumbled over some really interesting article and frankly speaking I had the same idea a bit earlier some weeks ago and that is people argue that China might be a big winner of the coronavirus especially in an economic sense. And why? Well because China coped with the COVID-19 much better than some western counterparts. That's more or less a fact. Of course, in a few months, you might prove me wrong. There could be a second wave or there could be something that I don't foresee right now. But if things roughly continue as I assume and as a, as it looks right now, then we can definitely claim that. And now, since Europe and America also really struggle with this situation, does this really mean China is the big winner of the situation? First of all, I think it is not just about China versus the others. I think you have to see it from a bigger, you have to see a bigger picture. Asia as a continent, as a region, is going to see a massive improvement within the next three decades. And I believe that Asia will absolutely crush it during the next years. This change for me is inevitable, though we often don't really pay attention to it or we think that the rise of Asia is basically already done and now they're going to sort of continue on this level. Absolutely not. The rise of Asia in the next decades is one of the largest megatrends of this entire century. Afterwards, later, we might see a period where Africa is more on the rise and where Africa becomes the continent of the future but it's still a bit too early to make a clear statement about this and put up precise predictions but right now what is for me very very obvious is the rise of Asia and many things that we saw so far are first signs and are just the beginning in the past normally Asians were looking at the west they admired them they also feared them, feared because they are strong, they are powerful, they are dominant, they can change things, they can influence. What we observe right now is that the West is more and more scared of Asia and the West is looking East and looks, what are they doing? The trade dispute between China and the US 
all the critics against China and not just China, actually also other Asian countries. This is basically, they are all clear indications that the West is increasingly anxious about the rise of Asia. They feel not that comfortable anymore and they know, they can feel that the global balance is shifting and changing. Whereas on the other hand, Asians get more and more self-confident. Asians learned their lesson. They realized that they have to find their own way. They also realized that there was no foreign power that could really change their culture or impose their own will. None of them succeeded in the long term. You had the colonization. You had a lot of wars. You had all these territories that were claimed by Western powers. But none of them were successful in the long term. And if you look at most places, the original culture is back and the countries are pretty autonomous nowadays. So on one hand, in Asia, you have a certain Asianization. Asia is first of all connecting itself. They develop itself. Of course, they have presence in other parts of the world. But for now, it's more Asia is developing the Asianization mostly takes place in Asia. The best example, or let's say the most famous example, is the BRI, the Belt and Road Initiative, where China is basically literally connecting all of these countries, or they at least call out this initiative, and where they especially increase their collaboration. And of course, their further attempts, you have more nations working together because they realize we don't need a, let's say, a second EU, but we also need to be strong together and we need to not just have our own strengths and our culture power, but we also need to somehow exploit our economic potential and it is much easier if we somehow do this together. So Asians, in order to succeed, I believe they also must keep understanding themselves better and somehow persistently move forward in many areas where mainly for historic reasons actually other regions were dominating so far. What's the situation right now really if you want to measure it? I think a lot of growth is not really reflected yet. If you look for instance at the stock markets then you see that the stock markets their value much lower compared to Western markets, because there's still a lot of mistrust. There's still a lot of risks associated with Asian markets. This is changing slowly. There are clear signs for that too. But it is still far away from where the West is. And also, if you look on the, let's say, overall development at this stage, then of course, you also see big differences. A lot of places in Asia, you cannot compare them to the development stage in the West. This is changing. And now the interesting thing and why I record this episode in particular. This trend for me, as I said, is inevitable and Asia is going its way. But a trend is a long-term development, which is not necessarily a steady curve. What can happen though is that a trend is going to slow down or it's going to pick up pace. And picking up pace can mean it does it automatically or there's a catalyst. And now the interesting part. I think that the coronavirus could be 
a catalyst for this trend of the developing continent Asia. And I give you an example how I mean this. I think the coronavirus, after all, is changing less than we than many people think right now. After all this is done, our world is not that different. Many people think after corona a lot of things gonna be different. No, not really. Because in such a crisis, there are not that many, let's say, stunning inventions. A lot of trends and amazing things, they existed before. But you accelerate certain trends. A very catchy example would be e-commerce. E-commerce is a huge mega trend. We all use e-commerce basically with platforms such as Amazon, such as Alibaba in China. And this is not going to stop anytime soon. But now with the coronavirus, what happens is we use it actually even more. And chances are afterwards, we keep using it in a higher frequency than before because we get used to it and we see the advantages of it. There are furthermore examples, but it would take a bit too much time to touch on all of them. But what I mean here is, this is a trend of a, let's say, sector industry. You can also add video streaming, online gaming, logistics, and so on. But the same can happen on a macroeconomic level. So the rise of all these countries, India, China, and then regions such as, such as Southeast Asia, the Middle East, South Asia, West Asia. This is also something that now could experience a catalyst because the coronavirus actually there did damage the economy and the entire structure less than in the West. So they might grow compared to other countries, even faster and more dynamically than before. Of course, they're still economically inferior compared to the West. But now with this huge drawback in America and the EU, we don't know yet their final consequences, but we know they're going to be hit much harder. And, and the coronavirus is a incident that for the first time, one of the first times, very obviously showed the advantages of Asia. The world is experiencing in a large scale for the first time that Asia is actually not that backward anymore. We still have this in mind and we still believe they're our small brother that is kind of helping us and we are a bit scared of them because he can, he can kick us but at the end, we can still beat him up and we are, we are the strong ones. And now we feel like, wow, look at them. They handle things quite well and their economy is actually way more sound than we thought. I know from my own experience and what people tell me that they often believe the big advantage of Asia are the low labor costs. And that is nonsense. Just because you have low labor costs, this does not really give you such a huge advantage and especially not a sustainable and very significant advantage over the long term. You need more. So now we realize with the coronavirus, hold on, they're more advanced in a technical sense. Their systems are partly better than ours when it comes to certain epidemics, to certain incidents. Their infrastructure is partly much better. Look how they handle this quarantine stuff. Whereas here, it is basically not possible to really 
control this, China did a pretty good job. So did other countries. And by the way, I'm not really saying one system or one political system or one, uh, let's say, control setup is better. But I'm just saying what I observe here and what we all observe. And every country handled it a bit differently. South Korea had a very different approach. Japan had a very different approach. I named those three countries because they're pretty good examples. All of these three countries had different approaches, but they all handled very well in their own way, with their own also partly cultural values. And while we keep criticizing a lot of these countries for their system, they clearly show us the advantages of the systems. Are there downsides as well? Yeah, absolutely. But the pillars of their systems and also the mentality of the people a lot of this derived from the Confucianism philosophy, which is, yeah, just part of their mindset. You see that there are actually a lot of advantages with that. And we often tend to reject everything from the East because it's so strange to us. It makes us feel nervous and we feel like that doesn't make any sense for me. But you see that what they do also has some logic. You cannot always say one system is better than another. At the end, it is more like, how do you live it? You saw that China in the past had very similar values, but they didn't really use them very smart. They didn't really apply them in a way that is helpful for the country. Right now, the values of China, love values, especially in regards to their philosophy, they're still the same. But now they found a way, in a lot of cases, to use them in a very smart way. And that is something that can be applied to a lot of countries in Asia and why you should definitely not underestimate their potential, which is also based on their cultural power. Okay, let's draw a sort of conclusion here. For me, the rise of Asia is a undeniable change. And the coronavirus might only speed up this development. The exact consequences are not really clear. It is too early right now to make this, to draw a conclusion about the exact outcome of the coronavirus. But I wouldn't be surprised if there is a, let's say, quicker adjustment of Asia and the Western world after this epidemic. At the end, it doesn't change as much as we think in terms of how are things going to be, but more like on a time horizon. The time horizon might change. The big winners of such developments are always early adapters. You could see that with John D. Rockefeller, who was one of the first persons to exploit the oil boom. Jeff Bezos, who was the first guy who really exploited e-commerce in a huge scale. Then you had all these guys who discovered cryptocurrencies at an early stage and benefited. And the rise of China and the emerging markets, particularly in Asia, this trend for me is still in its infancy. And I'm definitely going to be one of the people who's going to benefit in some way. Because for me, it is so obvious and there are a lot of ways to benefit from this. And the good thing is, I don't have to do it today or tomorrow. Of course, I'm prepared, but we have time for this. But with incidents like the coronavirus, it is also clear that things can 
go very fast from a certain point on. We don't know the exact point in time where Asia gonna be as dominant as I predicted. This can be in 5, 10 or it can be in 20 years. But I'm definitely prepared and I will also enjoy the way I will observe these things. And I don't see this as a, by the way, as a violent development. You see that they actually very patiently and calmly. This is not something where we necessarily see a lot of big losers. And I'm European myself, but, well, I don't think that I'm going to be a loser of this development. Rather, I'm going to be one of the winners because I will, of course, see all this development because it brings so much advantages for human beings at the end. I see this very positively. And, of course, I will personally benefit as well as I keep investing in the sector. For you, you can of course make your own decisions. First of all, you can think about, does it make sense what I said? And of course, by just by keep following me on my channels, you can be part of this. You can just observe it, you can understand it, and then perhaps you can even adapt and realize some of the opportunities that I mentioned. This amazing development is just such a huge opportunity it would be really a pity to miss out on it and to regret it in a few decades from now. And with this, thanks for listening, and I see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Folio China Podcast. As you've kept listening until now, I assume you enjoyed the show and would appreciate a five-star rating on your podcast app, which allows other folks to learn about this important topic as well. For more fascinating insights into China and for easy ways to benefit, make sure to visit the website at dragonfolio.net and sign up for the free newsletter.